Okay, if I'm going to title this morning, it's simply titled, A Crumb Won't Do. If you have your Bibles or if you can read with me, we're going to look from Matthew chapter 15. I'm going to read it to you out of the New King James Version of the Bible. We'll be using several different versions this morning. So Matthew 15, verse, we're going to start with verse 21. Yeah, there it is. From there, Jesus took a trip to Tyre and Sidon. They had hardly arrived. Wait, that's the message Bible. I'm going to start again, okay? Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to kind of pull this apart for you so that you can get a background and a little bit of understanding and hopefully get the message before we're ended here. But these cities were outside Israel. Jesus came to fulfill the covenants and the promises and the the uh, everything that was given in the Old Testament, he came to fulfill in the New Testament. And one of the things that he said, he said, I came to the sheep of Israel. So the purpose of fulfilling all covenant in the New Testament was from the Old Testament. So he came to fulfill all of that. So he came to the house of Israel to fulfill it. But we know that the death of the cross, he included everybody. So even in his ministry of three and a half years, he didn't just confide himself to Israel and those townships in those cities in Israel, but he stepped outside of that and did many miracles in those. And people from those cities always came into Israel, into the different places, into Bethlehem, into several places, and received of them because Jesus does not have boundaries. He is not a perspector, a respecter of persons. He does not. He loves everybody, everywhere, every time. Amen? So here this woman came, and she's crying unto him, Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Have mercy on me. And Jesus kind of ignores her. I don't think Jesus ever ignores us. I think he waits. And we kind of get nervous in his waiting. We don't like that. We want an answer immediately. Anybody ever gotten, I mean, I, for years and years, I said, why can't God just poof things? You know, just like magic, like, boop, there you go. And then I learned there was a word, process, you know, it's not poof, it's process, and it took the excitement right out of my balloon. But I learned through process and through waiting and through expectation that what he gives is greater than what I thought of. And I don't want to get too far ahead of me. But so that she lived. She said, I, she answers him and says, his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. She didn't stop. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That was fulfilling prophecy from the Old Testament. But then she came. She didn't give up. She was persistent. Now, let me explain to you, she wasn't in the circle. Anybody felt like you're not in the clique, you're not in the circle, you're not in the mix of things, you know. You watch all them, but you're just not there. 
And so sometimes you feel isolated or you feel always on the outside and not at the inside. Well, she didn't like being on the outside. And she knew of the love and nature of Jesus Christ. So she pressed her way through. Send her away, they said. Send her away. She's not in our circle. She's not in our clique. She's not from around here. She doesn't deserve this. That's what other voices say. That's not the voice of our Father. That's not the voice of Jesus. Remember that. He doesn't have a clique. He doesn't have a circle. He doesn't have just a short sphere. He has welcomed all of us under his wings. But he answered, and, and then she said, then she came for a second time and she worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. And I have found that Jesus always responds to the simple words, help me. Help me, Lord. Even when Peter, a great faith, was walking on the water and he stepped out and he, he walked on the water for a second and then, well, I don't know if it was a second, but he did it. And then he starts to sink. And what was his cry? Help me. Lord, help me. I believe the Lord always responds to that cry. Help me. And how many of us can realize this morning we can do nothing of ourselves? We all need help from the Lord. We need his help. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, I don't believe Jesus was referring to her as a dog, but I believe he was saying, I have to be a good steward of what I have. I have to be a good steward of what I have, and I'm not just going to throw it away. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So let's review that just a little bit, little bit here. She went the second time. She was persistent. She went again. How many have ever had to pray more than once for an answer? I mean... If we could take it in percentage, probably 99.9%, .9%, we have to pray more than once. That's okay. Be persistent. And there's a difference. You know, one of the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. And when we hear the word long-suffering, that's like, God, I don't want to suffer long for anything. None of us want to suffer, and God doesn't want to suffer. But if you read the definition of long-suffering, that definition is that we will stay and we will stick it out and we will love and we will continue until we see an answer, until we see a manifestation. So when God, that when we are, we'll stay with a friend, I'm going to long suffer with you, that simply means I'm not giving up on you. I am going to be here until we see an answer to what we're believing for. That's the long suffering. She was persistent, but the second time she went, the scripture says that she not only went to him and asked, but this time she worshiped. She knew who he was. She gave value to who he was. She gave worth to who he was because one of the definitions of worship is to give worth to. So she valued who he was, knowing his nature. Why? Because I'm sure she has seen and maybe even heard and watched him heal so many other people. And so she had great faith, 
not only that he would do it for her daughter, that her daughter would be healed, but because of his simple nature, no matter who she was, he would do it for her as well. Second time she came, she worshiped. There's value in your worship. If you get tired of praying, if you don't know what else to say, just worship him. Just bow before him. Just thank him. Just give him honor. Give him praise. Give him glory. He deserves it all. The second time she came, so she didn't give up. She gave value to that. He was a good steward. But her response was she still didn't give up. And then he says, great faith. This is what values faith. This is some of the keys to having great faith. If you want the Lord to acknowledge your great faith, this is what you should do. Her faith wasn't based on who she was, where she came from, or even what she wanted. That wasn't her faith. Her faith wasn't based on, I'm just going to try, I'm going to throw it up, I'm going to give it a, you know, a try, maybe see if it happens, and then if it does, you know, great. No, she didn't give up. She was persistent. She continued on. She knew who he was and knew his nature. And then she accepted that even a crumb that would fall from his table would be powerful enough to heal her daughter. That just a crumb would be that powerful. She had great faith that God just send me a crumb, just a crumb. A crumb would be that valuable that would heal my daughter. And she received that healing today. The daughter received that healing that day. But will we continue to accept the crumbs that fall from the master's table? Will we continue to be satisfied, no matter how powerful it is? Will we continue to be satisfied with just a crumb? I want to share this story. This is a true story. This happened to me, and usually that's where the Lord gives me messages, and I didn't realize this for years later, the totality of it. But years ago, Tony and I were taking Dr. Kelly Varner. Some of you have known him. And uh, it, it, that part really doesn't matter. But we were fortunate enough to be able to take him out to lunch one afternoon. And we went to Cracker Barrel. And usually we had a crowd whenever we went to eat. But this time, for whatever reason, it was just three of us. And we walked in the store. And he looked at me and he said, Barbara, go pick anything you want. I want to buy you something. I want to give you a gift. I want you to go throughout the store and just pick an item. Whatever you want, I want to give it to you. Wow. That was pretty awesome, right? So I went and looked around, and I saw this, this item and that item, and they were all really, really nice. And then I saw this cardigan, this sweater. It was so pretty. And I wanted that thing so bad. And it was just... I mean, it fit right. I could, you know, I had it in my mind. I could wear it with this dress that I have in my closet. I could wear it and dress up some jeans. You know, I could, I could really wear it. I love this. And then I looked at the price tag. And it was like, I don't know, $49.99. I thought, oh, I, I better not get that. So then I searched around. You know, you looked around. I'll, anybody a shopper in here? 
Well, most of us like to bargain shop, but this probably wasn't the best time for me to bargain shop. But that's what I was doing. So I looked around and, and, you know, I found a couple other items that I liked and I would go back to watch, to look at that cardigan that was hanging on there that was my size and my color and I already had plans for it. And I would walk away. I, I think at one time I even picked it up and, you know, carried it around for a little bit and then went and put it back on the rack. And then I found these other items that were there and I looked at these cups and today I can't tell you anything about the cups. They didn't make that great impression on me, but I thought, oh, that would be nice to have. Every time I drink something, I could think of Kelly Varner, and, you know, it would be a cool thing to have. And, and it was like $10.99, and I thought, I'll just get those. So I took them off the shelf, and I, as we were paying, Tony had paid for the lunch, and he said, Barbara, what did you find? I said, I found these cups, and he looked at me, and he said, you sure that's what you want? And I lied and said yes. And I took those home, and in my mind, I was trying to, you know, analyze it. Well, I didn't want him to have to spend a lot of money on me, you know, how, how we think. You know, I didn't want to take advantage of a good thing. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, you know, I thought I was doing a good thing. And then I realized many, many years later, the Lord actually showed me and brought it back to my remembrance is that the reason I didn't get the cardigan wasn't because I thought you know I don't want him to spend the money really it wasn't because I thought it would put a hole in his pocket I, it wasn't all the you know excuses that I had told myself it was simply that I didn't value myself worthy I didn't see me as worthy of taking that expensive cardigan. And some people, that's probably not expensive, but I've never paid that much for a sweater. And years later, when the Lord brought this back, and I just weep before him, I said, I'm sorry, Lord. I didn't count myself worthy. I wasn't, it wasn't that he didn't see me worthy. It wasn't that he didn't have money. He would have gladly paid that and probably more. It wasn't him that was the issue or the problem. It was me. I didn't count myself worthy of what he wanted to give. So when the Lord brought this to my attention and showed me that, and I, I can remember the day when we were talking about it, and he said, that's how people treat me too. That I want to give so much to all of my children, and yet they settle for the crumbs, and there's power in the crumbs. I used those cups for a long time, and I did remember of Kelly Varner, and I remembered of the story and the time. They, he took us to Cracker Barrel. There is power in that. But we settle so far beneath what God wants for us. Because there's power in a crumb, we settle for the crumb. 
Let me move on just a bit. Matthew 7, 11 says, If we, if ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good gifts to them that ask? Good gifts. The best. He gave his son, after all, as one of the greatest gifts ever. What will he do next? It's not crumbs. But we settle for the crumbs. Why? I'm going to try to help us all today. And believe me, I'm ministering to myself this morning. And the Lord's ministering to all of us together. Because we don't realize just exactly who we are. Galatians 4, 5 says this. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son, into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, then an heir of God through Christ. What do slaves live on? The crumbs. What's left over? What do sons live on? They pull the chair up to the table that is spread with all good things. Can I point out today that, and I love the way God ties everything together, even the songs that were sung today. The last song they sung was Abba. Abba, he is our father. You are a child of God. You are welcome to sit at the table. You're not a slave. You're no longer a slave. You don't have to settle for the crumbs. We don't have to settle for the crumbs. Ephesians 1.5 And I'm going to read this. I'm sorry. Yeah, 1 5. I'm going to read this from the Message Bible. I'm going to start with verse 3. I think it is. The Message Bible is a little messed up. Maybe you can follow me along. How blessed is God? Have you thought about that? <laughs> How blessed is God to have you? Ooh, I just picked up a spirit that says, I'm not worthy of that. Ah. Hey, it's not just me. You don't count yourself worthy either. But here in the message, Bible said, how blessed is God? Why is God blessed? Because he's got a great family. Why does he have a great family? Because it's full of sons and daughters that look like you. That are you. You are worthy. And what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Did you hear that? The high places of blessing. Come on up. Come up hither. Come up higher. 
Don't continue walking, looking for the crumbs that are on the ground that are falling from the table, but look up. You can see him face to face. And I know we're not going after the hand. We're always going after the face. But when you sit at the table with him, you are face to face. And everything on the table is for you. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us. Y'all, we've been adopted. The paper's been signed, it's been cleared, changed our name, changed our address, We've been adopted into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift, giving by the hand of his beloved son. What a pleasure he took in planning this. And I've been to several adoption parties, some families right here in the church and they were celebrating because they became theirs no one else could tell them any from that moment forth what they could do what they couldn't do there were no restrictions they didn't have to look back in any way there was a celebration going on i want you to know that there's still a celebration going on because god is blessed by having us as this great big family and people are being adopted into this family every time every day there's just a great big party god's a partier He likes to celebrate. He likes to celebrate us. Praise God. But sometimes we don't realize those things and we settle for crumbs. Then we settle for things we, we become. It becomes a pattern in our life and we settle for things in in life, uh, my mom used to say all the time, well, we don't have any money, but at least the bills are paid. Y'all have kind of sayings like that around your house? Well, we only have enough gas to get to work, back and forth to work. We only have this or we only have that. And of course, you're thankful that that much is done. But that's the mindset of settling for crumbs. It happens in relationships, too. How many have said, well, I'll just settle for this crummy relationship because we don't judge ourselves worthy of the best? So we'll settle for a crummy relationship that, you know, gives us sparks of happiness here and there, you know, and makes us laugh every now and then. And we have a good night and then we're fighting the rest of the week or not talking to each other, which is a fight in itself. And we settle for that, not because that's all there is, but because we have a mindset that we'll just settle for the crumbs, that we're not worthy of any more, that we don't have to, you know, we're not worthy of something spectacular. I want to change your minds. We don't have to settle 
for the crumbs. We don't have to have the poverty, the unworthy mindset, the poverty mindset. We've settled for mediocre. We've settled for just enough. We've settled for being healed but never being made whole. We've settled for supply but not abundance. Christian was talking about abundance. God just doesn't want to meet your need. He wants to meet your need and give you an overwhelming abundance so that you can go and meet someone else's need. But we settle for these crumbs. We settle for, thank God, Lord, you made a way. I paid the power bill. But what if we didn't settle for crumbs and we actually sat at the table and we lived in the life that God planned for us and we can not only pay our bill but someone else's bill? First Corinthians 2.16 says, But we have the mind of Christ. If Christ lives in us, we are led by His Spirit, His mind, His desire, His plan. Let's move to the table. We have Christ living in us, so that way we can think like Christ. I want to give you an example. Anybody follow the royal family of England? You know, Prince William, Prince Harry, they just had a baby. I like to, I like I like to keep up with them. I like to see what they're up to. I didn't realize that by watching them and seeing them it showed me a pattern of the way God's kingdom should be operating. Do you know that the only responsibilities that they have are to get involved with royal and charitable duties and to do some public service work? That kind of sounds like God's kingdom work as well. Because what God wants us to do is to act like we are royal and we are come from a royal priesthood. There are charitable duties that we can because if we are so abundantly blessed, then we can be a blessing to everybody that we come in contact with. Amen? And also, public service work. What is our public service work? To shout about the goodness that we have experienced with Jesus Christ. To tell the whole world that He is a loving Father, that He loves you, that He cares for you. Public service work. They're philanthropists. You know what that is, right? I had to look it up to make sure I was right. A person who seeks to promote the welfare of others. Y'all are all relating this to Christian kingdom work, right? Because that's what the plan was for you to do that. So go with me. Especially by the generous donation of money to good causes. We've settled so long for the crumbs because we've counted ourselves unworthy of the abundance. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
We are the children of the king. We live in a kingdom. He is the king. We do have responsibilities. Our responsibilities are to have the mind of Christ and share just like Jesus shares. To give just like Jesus gives. And as I was studying for this, the Lord reminded me, if we are praying and believing for Statesville to be synonymous with the glory of God, should it not first start in our own homes and our own homes? be synonymous with the glory of God as well? Should it not start in each of our homes? Should people come to our homes and when they leave they have been touched and they smell like the glory of God? Should people come and call us desiring prayers because they've experienced something in our lives? Because as we walk, we walk like kings now, not in pride, but in just knowing who we are. Should we not be living the abundant life? If I could, and I, I, I don't today, but I would give each and every one of you a robe. I would physically place a ring on your finger. Can you use your imagination and go with me? I would put a crown on your head. I would give you a name tag. Not the cheap ones either. That would mark each and every one of you as to who you are. It would say, Wanda, daughter of the king. Mark, son of the king. All of you. And I would just take pictures. No, that's not true. I'd get Rebecca to take pictures, but of all of us. Because maybe if you had a robe and a ring and a crown that you would finally feel worthy to wear it. That you would realize that you can walk right into the dining area that you can pull back a chair well actually someone maybe even pull it back for you sit you down at the table and a table that's not empty but that it's full of everything that you've ever desired and all you have to do is say thank you father I'll take some of that None of you have a problem. If your parents invited you over for dinner today and they set the table before them and the chicken was, the fried chicken was on that end and you were here, you would not have a bit of a problem saying, Mama, pass me that chicken. Daddy, hand me that chicken. I want chicken. <laughs> and that would just be taken and served to you. It's just like it is. Can you see it? Sit at our Father Abba's table and say, God, I need that miracle. I need that for someone else. God, I need to know that I'm worthy. Can I have a, some of that dish? And he would gladly pass it on to you. Why? Because he says to ask and it shall be given. Ask. We are the kin's, kid, king's kids. You are worthy. Don't settle for the crumbs. 
A crumb won't do what we need to do in the kingdom. A crumb gives us just that moment of miracle, that moment of fulfillment. But if you can sit at the table any time, you have those moments all the time. Crumb won't do. You're more worthy than just the crumbs. And the crumbs are powerful. I thank God for the crumbs that I've received through the years. But I'm realizing God sees me more worthy than that. We don't have to sell for the crumbs. We can sit at the master's table, at our daddy's table. We're at home here. We can sit there. We can experience that. Come sit at the table. You are worthy. He deemed you worthy. Let's not just settle for a healing, but let's go for wholeness. Let's not settle for just a supply, but settle for abundance. That's God's desire. Let's put on his mind. You know, throughout the years, I prayed, God, let me have a heart like you. Because David had a heart after God. I've even prayed, God, let me see as you see. Let me have a kingdom perspective. God, let me feel what you feel, God. Let me hear what you hear. You know, we want to listen to the voice of God and do what our Father speaks. But today, my prayer is, God, I want your mind. I want to think like you think. And with God, there was nothing at all that was impossible. Nothing was impossible. Can we have that mindset that with God, nothing is impossible? It's almost impossible to believe that it's impossible. But you're worthy of that. You are a child of God. You are a son and a daughter of a good, good father. Stand to your feet, if you will. If you've ever experienced a feeling of unworthiness, if you've ever experienced maybe not verbalizing, but feeling like, ah, I just don't fit in. I'm not included. I'm always on the outside. If you've ever felt that you weren't worthy of the best. I'm just going to ask you to come forward and we're just going to pray. Anybody? Thank you, Lord. And for those of you that have felt that way and just maybe not comfortable coming up here it's all right because I believe that there will be a change today in the mindset of men and women who will deem themselves worthy of every good thing that God has in store for them and trust me, what you think is good and what you think God may want to give you is just a fraction of what he really wants to do. 
That's why we need to be open to whatever it is, God. Because what we think is just mini, mini, small. Minuscule? Is that, oh, I was right. Mini, just real small. What he has is great. Those of you, come pray for your friends. Come pray for, let's all join together and pray together. Father, we never again want to feel unworthy to receive the things that you have for us. God, the things of abundance in every area of life, not just money, but in relationships, Father, in, in uh, promotions, Father, in emotions, Lord Jesus. God, in every area of our life, God, you deem us worthy. And so today, Father, I ask you, Lord, that you erase our own thinking, our own way of thinking, our own minds. And Lord, that you literally, Father, I just see you with your hand, placing your hand upon our head that is changing our mindset for your mindset so that we can see us Father, that we can think like you think, God, and we can see us as you see us, God. And Lord, we have the mindset of princess and prince, sons and daughters of a king from this day forward. Never again, Lord, will we count ourselves unworthy of the blessings that you want to bestow towards us. Never again will we settle for healing when we know that we can have wholeness. Never again will we settle for supply when we know we can have abundance. Never again, Lord, will we deem ourselves unworthy, but we are worthy because you told us we are, because you adopted us in your family, because our name is written in your book, Lord Jesus, that, Father, there's a place at your table that is there just for us. And I thank you, God, from this day forward, we will live as King's kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is good. God is good. I said God is good all the time. Amen. And all the time, God is good. He is a good, good father. I pray you have an abundant week, that every day, every day is more abundant than the day before, that you receive blessings beyond your greatest imagination, and that you give God glory for all of it. Amen. Praise God.